Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, August the 18th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we continue year C, proper week 16, which is the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Thursday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. And this week of the church's calendar year, and we find ourselves back in the book of Hebrews, the book that just won't end. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. So let's read that passage, write a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape what they refused, sorry, when they refused who warned them on earth, how much less we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the heavens, but also the earth. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. This is the word of God for us. The book of Hebrews seeks to use the Old Testament story as a backdrop for what seems to be coming more and more clear to those who are in Christ. And um, it's just best to look at this as one great big story. Christians uh, throughout the centuries have had a varied response to the Old Testament text. Maybe a better way to say it is the Hebrew Bible, so as to, I don't know, keep it something as close to us. I think sometimes when you, when you put something like old to something, it, it tends to lend towards a supersessionism. If you'd like to get to the bottom of that term, you can just Wikipedia that thing. <laughs> you can get to a nice little read for your lunch hour or something like that. But this is one story. God is a covenant God. God started one story and he tends to bring that story all the way to its conclusion. And so the writer Hebrews, uh, writing to what seems like a predominantly Jewish community, a, a community that's steeped in these texts from the Hebrew Bible, um, the writer seeks to use it as a way to talk about what is the faith now and what does it look like going forward. And so we know that when Moses brought the people of God out of Egypt, 
as God brought them out with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, that uh, there's this interesting negotiation taking place. I mean, these are God's people, but they needed to be trained. They needed to learn. And one of the facets of how they should learn is how to be the covenant people of God, how to be people of holiness, how to walk with God, and how not to get in God's way with what God wants to do, right? There's this interesting push and pull. If you read through the wilderness stories of uh, the people of God, uh, complaining against God and God lashing out, uh, but then God providing when they were in a place of destitution and vulnerability, right? But overall, like the law is given for two reasons. The law is given as an adoption document. God doesn't give us a lot of people who aren't his people. Like he, he gives a lot to his people because the law is not just these duties that one must do so that you can keep busy and so I can keep you like in like a crowd control format. But it was a no, this is what we're going to be. We're going to be distinct. Like we're going to have a way of life that's different than the neighboring Mesopotamian communities. Right? But it seems like the, the law was also used to somehow manage uh, what looks like to be people with sin in their lives before a holy God. Okay? And there are these, you know, nuggets throughout the Old Testament text. And sometimes they're lifted out of context. Uh, but God speaks directly about sin and how there's these certain provisions on how to deal with sin within the community. There's this great festival called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, where all, all the sins of Israel are kind of heaped up on an animal and they're carried off. And so they're a sinless people again, but then they do it every year. It's just understood that, yes, they continue to be God's people and yes, they continue to be sinners. And so, yes, this ceremony needs to continue to move on. And so that's what, what's going on in the back of the book of Hebrews. God is continuing to shape a people who are his people, but they're also broken people. So how do we go forward with this? One of the things that the writer of Hebrews wants to admonish the community where this letter was written to is that to not be like the community in the wilderness campaign, that when God drew near to them, their first reaction was terror and fear and refusing to approach God. Because uh, what we have in the face of Christ is a God who's merciful, kind, benevolent, good. And so there's this interesting juxtaposition in this last part of Hebrews 12. This was the uh, manifestation of God and the wilderness community. This is our manifestation. So unlike the people in that first experience that resisted God, that were terrified, that they, even Moses terrified to draw near, let's draw near to God. Because the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than that of Abel, it says. We approach uh, this great run-on sentence in verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than that of Abel. We seem to be in this situation where we can approach God. Yes, God is still holy. God hasn't changed. Neither do we, like in our ontology as, as people. We still fall short, yeah? But we have a merciful God that speaks mercy over us again and again. I don't know how you interact with some of your hangups and some of your faults. I think probably all of us in our personalities, we're embarrassed whenever we fall short. Sometimes we try to take it out on somebody else and self-justify ourselves. Sometimes we are really harsh on ourselves because we're perfectionists, right? So all of us come to a level ground before Jesus. No matter if we try to evade responsibility because we're ashamed of ourselves, or a perfectionist, we try to earn it on our own efforts. Uh, we come to this God on level ground, 
and what we hear is mercy. And that message of mercy shapes the hearts and minds of both kinds. Those who are seeking for cover, to see blame be placed on somebody else's doorstep, but deep down inside they know that they can't run away from it. And the person who's perfectionist, who aims at themselves and says such harsh things internally about their own life. Mercy meets us this morning, and mercy can truly make us new. So as we allow our souls to rise and meet God this morning, we have so much to be thankful for. The breath in our lungs, the schools we go to, the jobs we go to, the communities, the different tasks ahead today. We also have this great gift of knowing the mercy of God fresh and new. So I pray that that would wash over us this morning as we approach God, and that it allow us to have wind in our sails for the rest of our day today. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying for our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we allow our souls to rise to meet you this morning. We thank you that we meet a God who's merciful, kind, benevolent, good, beautiful, and transcends our, our even our words can say. We thank you that this is your one story and you've included us within it. You saw fit to seek us out and to chase us down and to whisper wonderful words of life to us, which caused our spirits to be reborn and we can find new life within you. And so we thank you that we are born again today. We thank you that we get to go to jobs and schools and we get tasks and all these things going on today. And within them, we can find you and we can find ourselves situated within this unfolding story. God, we confess you that at times we uh, seek self-justification when we fall short. We try to blame it on society or we blame it on somebody else. Other times, God, we point it at ourselves and we cut ourselves deeply. Even though we are created in the image of likeness of God, we have such a low view of who we are. So God, for those things, we ask for your help and for your mercy. And we do pray that your mercy would minister to the one seeking a hiding place or for the person who is loading themselves down with burdens and self-condemnation. God, I pray that it is for freedom that Christ, we might be set free today. So we cling to that freedom once more. We ask that you'd renew us and restore us and give us a great, a great win in our sails uh, to walk in faithfulness today. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.